EO Fire 1147. I'm just like really overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I just kind of sit here and go, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days? Introducing my passion project, The Freedom Journal. This leather-bound journal will guide you in the setting and accomplishing of your goal in 100 days. Text JOURNAL to 33444. IGNITE. CY1000s are upgrading to a more intelligent marketing solution. Get and convert more leads with Active Campaign. Sign up for a free 14-day trial now. No credit card needed. Visit activecampaign.com slash fire. Looking to set up payments for your business? Braintree is your app or website payment solution. Visit braintreepayments.com slash fire to learn more and get your first $50,000 in transaction fees free. Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Jen Briney. Jen, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. Light her up. (laughs) Jen is the host of Congressional Dish, a podcast that looks into the details of all the bills and laws that pass the U.S. Congress and exposes the influence of money on those bills. Jen, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a glimpse into your personal life. I'm really just a regular citizen who felt like I wasn't getting proper information from the the media about what was going on in Congress. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I approached the entire podcast from a point of view of someone who has always collected money from paychecks as opposed to dividends, who comes from a family, basically like blue, white collar, kind of straddling that, that um, definition. And I just wanted to know what was in these bills. And I was sick of the Democrat versus Republican whole line. So I started a podcast Basically, just saying out loud um, what I was learning as I was educating myself about Congress. And so the first two years of the podcast, you can really hear um, it's really my progression going from knowing nothing about Congress to hearing my frustration and sometimes crying on air at how much work (laughs) they're making me do by reading these bills Uh. Um, and sometimes straight up horror. But it's just a regular person who's trying to educate myself, but doing it out loud. Now, Jen, the word whistleblower has kind of gotten a bad connotation in my mind um, over the years. Now, would you consider yourself a whistleblower? And if not, like, what do you call yourself? I don't think I'm a whistleblower because I'm not getting any information that's secret. Everything that I do is in the public domain. And so I think for whistleblower, I think one of the reasons it has such a bad connotation, you know, you think of like Edward Snowden and some people that don't agree with what he did. He took classified information and gave it to the public. Well, I'm using public information that I'm giving to the public in a more digestible form. Um, All of the bills that I read, I get all of this online. You know, I'm not in Washington, D.C. I'm in Walnut Creek, California. I couldn't be further. Um, So I'm doing something that anybody could do. They're just not. And um, I, I guess the closest word for what I do would be journalist. Um, I do have a communications degree from Loyola Marymount. They they did a great job. Uh, and I do make sure that everything I say is backed up in my show notes. That's actually what takes up the vast majority of my time is linking to every piece of these bills so that people can double check my work. Because like I said, I'm learning. I'm not necessarily an expert yet. Um, and so I do the fact checking. I do what journalists are supposed to do. But really, 
I'm a podcaster and a concerned citizen. And that's really the label that, that I choose to go with. Great. I mean, I can say, you know, I am a true American. I'm a patriot. I mean, I served this country as an officer in the U.S. Army in a time of war. You know, I was deployed to Iraq. I'm a combat veteran. All of that aside, like I truly, truly believe that there is a special place in heaven for whistleblowers out there. And again, I know that you don't consider yourself one, and I'm not saying that you are one either, but I just feel like there needs to be people who are out there that are exposing what is public knowledge. And and that's what you're doing in a, in a great way is that you're saying, hey, nobody's going to take the time, energy, effort, or, or have the know-how to go and find this information and put it out there in a digestible manner. But you're doing the time, Jennifer. You're taking it, you're digesting, and you're coming up with something that we can actually understand. And that's really powerful on so many different levels. And I think it's so important because there's so many people in this world, you know, and especially in this country that are running this country, the thing they can just get away with things because, you know, there's going to avalanche things on and pile it under all this different stuff. And it has to stop. But it's not going to stop Fire Nation until people like us, you know, the 99% of people who don't, you know, do what everybody in Washington, D.C. is doing, you know, stand up and actually take notice and start, you know, tweeting on these whistles. And it has to happen. So, Definitely love what you're doing, Jen. That's why when I heard you on Profit Cast a while ago, like I really wanted to bring you on and, and let you kind of share what you're doing and my support for it. But before we get into even how you got to where you are now, I would love to know today, how do you, Jen Briney, generate revenue with your business? So I've decided for this podcast to have it be listener supported. And so I'm not doing advertising. I'm not doing anything like that. My podcast is supported by the people who listen and it's a free podcast. (laughs) So it's been an uphill battle. That's for sure. But um, I can say three years in, the support is finally at the point now that it's paying for itself. So it's no longer coming out of my pocket. Um, Profitable is (laughs) not quite where I'm at. But I have a lot of hope for the future because my relatively small audience has been so supportive. So, um, but yeah, I just feel like where I'm exposing corporate influence, because that's not what the show started out to be. I wasn't trying to expose corporate, corporate influence. It's just what I found. Right. And because it's kind of taken on that role of exposing corporate influence, I don't feel like it's right to take corporate money for the show. I think that it would lead to um, more than anything, self-censorship by not angering a sponsor. So by just not having sponsors, I can still just say whatever I feel about what I'm finding. Yeah, that's huge. You're able to stay. Is the right word bipartisan? I mean, that's definitely more your alley than mine. I don't think bipartisan. I just, I, I don't play the red versus blue game at all. I think it's just like nonpartisan maybe because I just, I don't care about either of the parties at all. I just, I want to know how these laws would affect me and the people I know and I'm just looking at them, each bill individually, is this good or bad as best as I can figure out. So it's really not a, it's not about politics. That's the thing. Like there's no category in iTunes for government. (laughs) (laughs) It's only politics, but it's not really about the politics. I don't talk about elections. I don't talk about campaigns. I talk about what's in the bills. It's different. So Fire Nation's like, hey, I want to check this out. I mean, we're obviously gonna have links to both your website and your podcast in the show notes, but just, you know, at the, at the top here, and we'll touch upon this again at the end, but how do you actually elicit financial support for your podcast from your listeners? How does that actually work at the ground level? 
So that's the part I'm constantly struggling with. Um, right now, I at the beginning of my episodes, I do about three minutes where I explain what this model is. I say it's, you know, I'm giving you value in the form of reading these bills. So please provide value in return in a financial form. Um, and then the second half of my show, I thank the people that contribute to the show mm-hmm. and they'll send me emails and I respond to them. So that I also have a now much more extended part where I'm sharing more of myself because they're sharing some of their finances with me and I'm giving their words airtime. And um, it's my way of giving back to the people that are helping me. Um, it's a struggle, though. My show has changed so much over the last three years. Every couple of months, I'm doing it differently because it's really it's a new way of doing things. And I'm just making it up as I go. I wish that was more <laughs> helpful. but <laughs> That is helpful because, I mean, I think that does kind of give some structure to what you do. Now, just kind of my last question on this topic, like, what do you actually use for a tool? I mean, I know there's stuff out there like Patreon and Joyride. What do you, what do you kind of lean towards? So right now I'm using PayPal because people do like to pay with credit card and it's super easy and most people have a PayPal account. I also have people sending physical checks to a PO box, which means that nobody else takes a cut. That's been really great. Yeah. Um, I do have an Amazon search box too, so that when people shop for whatever, the show gets a commission. And um, those three things together are adding up to do pretty much everything. And then I will be adding a Patreon as soon as I can decide how I want to do it. I'm leaning towards doing it per episode because right now with PayPal, you can only contribute per month. Right. Where PayPal would allow a per episode option. So I kind of need to look into that, but I also need to find the time to do that. So that'll happen probably in the next six months. Cool. Well, definitely uh, looking forward to staying up on that because, you know, as the founder of Podcasters Paradise, I'm always looking to see ways that podcasters are monetizing successfully. And, uh, Best of luck to you in the future, Jen, for sure. Thank you. Speaking of the future, I want to flip it and go to the past. Your journey as an entrepreneur didn't just start yesterday. You know, you've been on this journey for a while. You've had some ups and some downs, but what would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? And Jen, really take us there. Take it down to the ground level and tell us that story. I can remember being there like it was yesterday. (laughs) Um, So when I started the podcast, I decided for the first year, I wasn't going to try to make any money. And, um, and so when I hit the one year mark is when I just had started asking for donations and I was making maybe $20 a month. And about three months after that point happened, my husband, who is a brilliant solar power engineer, um, we were living in Boston at the time. And Boston, Massachusetts had some issues with their solar tax credits. They basically expired. And so Joe's entire department got laid off. And obviously, like, I'm, I'm a pretty, I can make money. I know how to make money. And at the time, I just wasn't. So I remember getting the phone call from Joe. And it wasn't entirely unexpected. But I sat down on the couch and just had one of those moments where I just bawled like a child, just crying (laughs) on the couch because I knew that if I wanted to stay in Boston, the city that I love, it's my favorite city on earth. Um, if I wanted with that dirty water, the Charles river, Hey, I love that dirty water. Boston, (laughs) you're my home. (laughs) Exactly. I love that town. So, um, I didn't want to leave, but if we were to stay in Boston, I had to find a way to make money, which would have meant abandoning the podcast one year in. Right. Um, and so we made the very difficult decision on air. Actually, there's an episode where we sat down at the kitchen table and talked about it just with the recorder on. Um, we decided to move across the country. 
with three weeks notice and move into Joe's parents' home in the mountains of Oregon. And so that's what we did. And we ended up, we were there for almost a year. Um, for the first four months, we had no friends. We were under three feet of snow. We oh. had no jobs. We had nothing. And then we ended up getting jobs on a golf course. I waited tables and did the podcast. So I had two full-time jobs. And then Joe worked on the golf course until he finally got a job. But it was, um, that was the big moment where it was like, this is going to cost my family a lot if I'm going to keep going with this. And I decided to keep going. And it's not always easy, Fire Nation. You know, just because it's a passion and because you love doing it, life intervenes and life gets in the way and life just happens at the same time. And, you know, Jen, I am very familiar with Boston. I grew up in Maine, went to Providence College in Rhode Island, actually lived in Boston, Southeast specifically, still own a place there. I can't sell it because I just want still to have a piece of Boston. I just love it that much. And, and I miss it. So I get your feeling and uh, of that city and, and not wanting to leave and to have to go, you know, to the wrong coast, as some Bostonians will call it. And, and you know, <laughs> o- over here and where I'm now at also, which is obviously the West Coast. And and to just go through that life experience. It's not easy. It's tough. And Fire Nation, that is the journey that we as entrepreneurs are on. And I just want, you know, you to you to hear this from someone like Jen, you know, who's gone through the snow, who's gone through you know, the struggles and here she is, you know, she's, she's living proof that you can get through these times. Jen, what do you want to make sure that our listeners get from just that struggle that you went through from that worst entrepreneurial moment? I really, that there's a way to make it work. You know, like we had to do something pretty extreme, which is get rid of our rent and get out of our apartment in under three weeks and move across the country. But we did it. And it's now we're at a place that, we're in California where, you know, the sun shines. It works well for solar. <laughs> so, you know, Joe's in a good place now. And obviously I have an amazing partner who's made this happen for me. Couldn't have done any of it without him. But because we made this decision together and we decided we're going to keep going, it's finally starting to pay off. The podcast is growing. Joe now has a good job. I'm now making enough to where the podcast isn't costing us money, which is big for an entrepreneur. The first five years are hard and I'm in year three. So the fact that I'm breaking even after three years, it's great. And it's all because we found a way. There's always a solution. You can find a way. And there's really a phrase that I definitely want you, Fire Nation, to grasp here. And it just seems to me, Jen, like you really have this down pat, but so few entrepreneurs do. And it really hurts their mindset. And that is compare and despair. You know, when we launch our podcast, or we launch our business or our blog or our YouTube channel, those people that are comparing their success or lack thereof with others that are either further along or less, that's never going to be a good thing because when you do compare, you will despair. Just focus on what you're doing. You know, Jen's podcast is like no other podcast out there. She shouldn't be comparing it to other podcasts. She should be focusing on what she wants, her listeners, the engagement and growing. And the fact that you're growing, Jen, that's your measurement of success. And that's what you should be holding on to. And it sounds like you are. And Fire Nation, that needs to be your yardstick. Are you growing as a business? So Jen, let's shift and tell another story. This one's going to be an aha moment, which you've had a lot of. But Fire Nation, (laughs) we're entrepreneurs, we're small business owners. What's an aha moment that you've had that's going to resonate with our listeners? Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. Well, my favorite one, let's go even further back in the time machine, is to um, where I got the idea to read all the bills 
because that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was cleaning my house and I was watching C-SPAN. This is back in Boston. And um, so I'm already weird because I'm watching C-SPAN. Totally. But it was an energy and water bill. And so they were supposed to just be funding programs for obviously energy and water. And I saw Representative Tom Cole of Oklahoma get up and put something into that bill that protects secret campaign contributions. And he had the guts to brag about it on TV. So I was sitting there going, there's absolutely no way that I just heard that correctly. (laughs) That's just, that's absurd. Um, And so the next day I looked into the congressional record and this was only the second time I had ever seen the congressional record, but I wanted to make sure that I heard exactly what I heard. So I went and he said what I thought he said. And then I found his amendment and it was what I thought it was. And that's when I realized, oh, my goodness, like they're slipping things into these bills that have nothing to do with what the bills are supposed to be. So then I went online and this was the big aha moment. I went to see what the news was saying about it, what bloggers were saying about it. And there was nothing. It was crickets. There was not a single blog post. There was not anything on any news station. And that's when I realized there's a lot of stuff that's being put in these bills that no one is finding out about. And that's when I wondered how much more is there. And so I started regularly looking at the congressional record, not even looking at the bills themselves, but just by looking at the congressional record and seeing what they were saying on the floor. I realized that there was a ton of information that we're not getting. And that gave me the idea, which about a year and a half later, I was actually able to launch the podcast after learning how to podcast. Um, but yeah, that big moment of seeing that on TV and having nobody say anything, that was, that's how Congressional Dish got its, <laughs> its seed. Now you've <laughs> uncovered a lot of very interesting things, things that I'm sure that have frustrated you and made you angry, things that maybe mm-hmm. have made you smile. Just take one of those and it doesn't have to be anything specific. I mean, it could be on any end of the spectrum here, but just share with fire nation just for no other reason than, than besides the fact that that you think we'll find it entertaining since the congressional just started. I mean, most of my stories unfortunately make people mad and this is going to go in that category, but (laughs) I'm fascinated that it happened to this day. Um, There was a bill that had passed with all kinds of media and press that was going to supposedly stop Congress from trading on their insider knowledge on Wall Street. And so they passed this bill and they're all excited about it. And exactly a year later, I witnessed them gut that bill in an empty room. So Eric Cantor, he's no longer in Congress anymore, but he got up on the House floor and said to an empty room, can we pass by unanimous consent this bill that guts that that bill preventing us from making money off of what we learn here. And because no one was there to say no, it passed. And this happened in both the house and the Senate. They did, they did this when no one was around. So like in the house, everyone was gone. It was a Friday afternoon. It was super shady. And then the next Monday, Obama signed it into law. No one covered it. And then that Monday was the day of the Boston marathon bombing bombings. And so no one was paying attention to this. And so here we are years later and so many people don't even know that it happened. And there's so many things about that. I mean, it's so self-serving for the congressman to be doing this, but also the way that it happened. How is it possible that they can just pass a bill through an empty room? Like, I I would imagine there would be something to prevent that from happening, but there's (laughs) not, you know? So um, I actually have that that video and I've played it on um, air a few times. And that one, that one blew me away. Yeah. It definitely goes into the infuriating category in Fire Nation. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, we need 
this kind of stuff exposed is absolutely criminal. There's no other words for it. So Jen, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? My biggest weakness has to be creating a team and delegating. Um, I've been doing this now for three years and I'm still only at the point. I have um, a wonderful guy named Bryce Dilly who is helping me with the links. So like collecting them from the government websites. And But that's a fairly minor task that he's doing. I'm still editing the show myself. I'm still grabbing all these clips myself. I'm doing a lot of things that I don't need to be doing. And, um, and quite frankly, other people are more qualified to do. Um, I'm just struggling to find the right people to help me with this. And so I'm still, you know, being superwoman here and thinking I'm the best person for everything. And it's, it's taking its toll. You mm. know, it's, I'm working too many hours on things that really don't need to be done by me. Well, timing can be everything. I just got an email today from a gentleman in Croatia that said, hey, if you ever know anybody that needs some audio editing, I would love to help them out. So if you want, I can put you in contact. You can give him a test run and see if it's the right fit, but you can start taking the right steps, Jen. Yeah, I'm getting there. The problem is that when I work with people remotely for this particular show, there's so much about the content when it comes to editing it. Um, it's tough. It's really tough. tough. So I, I kind of want to work with someone that I can work next to. You Ooh. know what I mean? Yeah, that's going to um, be tough in Walnut Creek. I know. I know. Although I am very close to Berkeley. There's some geniuses okay, over there. there so you go. There you there's go. hope. There's hope. <laughs> Jen, what's your biggest strength? That has to be persistence. It has to be because I just keep going. You know, there's days where I do not want to read a bill. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, but I get up and I open the computer and I get it done. And there's days where I want to go and wait tables because that made me a lot more money. Yeah. But I still get up and I do the podcast and I don't look at my bank account and I keep going. So it's the <laughs> persistence that really has has helped me through these last few years. Well, since your bank account doesn't, what is one thing that has you most fired up today? So this is kind of sick, but the thing that has <laughs> me the most fired up is our Congress right now, because I think my content is going to be fantastic over the next couple months because of how much insanity I'm expecting. Oh, so like we just lost our speaker of the house. Yeah. Uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership was signed this morning and we have another possible shutdown on December 11th. So there's so much coming up that I'm definitely overwhelmed. But as far as content is concerned, I mean, these people just keep giving me gold. Right. So. <laughs> they can't help themselves. Goodness. Yeah. It's bad for the country, but man, is it good for me. <laughs> Fire Nation, what is good for you is to stick around for the lightning round because we have some golden nuggets being dropped. But we're going to first take a minute to thank our sponsors. Braintree. That's code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're working on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. If so, then why not use the same simple payment solution that's helped them get where they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost magical. Braintree not only offers a full stack payment solution, they also bring you superior fraud protection, stellar customer service, and fast payouts. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, we'll support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready, whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself and to get your first $50,000 in transaction fees free, 
visit braintreepayments.com slash fire. That's braintreepayments.com slash fire. When I first started out with email marketing, I was pretty lost. I didn't have the tools to create automation or send targeted personalized emails. I was sending basic emails and not getting great results. Then I learned businesses that leverage marketing automation see a 53% higher conversion rate than those using traditional email marketing. That's when I knew I needed to start leveraging marketing automation, which allows your email campaigns to listen, learn, adapt, and respond based on your contacts' behaviors. Better results? more sales and happier customers. Active Campaign allows you to easily create the smart marketing that I'm talking about. With their beautiful, easy-to-use platform, there's no need to hire consultants. Plus, they offer pricing that's accessible no matter where you're at on your journey. And when you sign up for Active Campaign, there are no training fees and no contracts. Ready to start marketing smarter with Active Campaign? See why thousands are upgrading to a more intelligent marketing solution. Sign up for a free 14-day trial now. No credit card needed. Visit activecampaign.com. Jen, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. Hit me. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? It's still holding me back. And that is my paralyzing fear of success in podcasting, which might equal to might equal me becoming famous. Um, I was raised in Southern California and I have friends that are famous and I have seen the downside of that. And I've, I've even felt a little bit, even for, with my small audience, like, People are mean, man. And they feel like if you're saying something publicly, then they can just bash you. And I don't really have a skin thick enough to deal with that, at least not yet. So um, success, I mean, I find myself doing things and not doing things and not reaching out to people and not marketing because every time I get a new bump of people, at least a few of them are horrible. And um, I'm afraid of them. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is a great book to read. It's not necessarily about millions of dollars, but it's just about taking away that subconscious fear of success that so many of us have that, you know, it sounds like you actually see it and feel it, but a lot of people don't even realize that it's there. Now, Jen, what is the best advice you've ever received? Okay, so this is also going to be kind of silly, but (laughs) it was, (laughs) I got my best advice from Finding Nemo. (laughs) when Dory said, just keep swimming. And um, there's honestly been times where I'm just like really overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I just kind of sit here and go, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Because it's, it kind of goes back to what I said before, just keep going, you know, like one step at a time, just keep going. You'll finish this task. You'll finish this episode. You'll get there. Just keep swimming. And it just, it has stuck with me ever since I saw that movie. And it's really, (laughs) it's really helped. (laughs) Jen, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Definitely regular exercise and time with friends. And the more I can kind of put those together, the better. Because um, podcasting and just this whole experience has been a very lonely one for me because I've been doing it all by myself. So getting out of the house and being with other people is really helpful. And then the exercise part is keeping me healthy because reading and sitting all day. And I mean, this is any business person. We spend so much time at our desks and we become hunchbacks. And like, so for my body to be physically healthy, it's helping my mind stay healthy and it's helping me keep my emotions in check because of the stress that I deal with, not only with the business, but also the content that I cover. A lot of it is, it's hard on me to really surround myself with something that can be so frustrating Um, so often. So exercise and actually getting away from the business is one of the reasons why it still exists. Have you ever tried the seven minute workout? 
No. Oh, you should check it out. It's changed my life, and uh, I, I just love it. And again, it shouldn't be all that you do, but it's just a great full body seven minutes. It takes away the excuse of I don't have time right now, and. I just I actually fell in love with it so much I created a podcast. It's one episode, seven minutes long, and it's just called Seven Minute Workout. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great to know. Yeah, it's been Thanks. fun. Yeah, check it out. EOFire.com slash workout is actually a video of me doing that seven minute workout. I just launched it yesterday. Like Oh, how awesome. <laughs> so Jen, share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation. My new obsession, and that's actually not that new, but I love Markdown Pro. Um, I use that for my Mac, but there's also some available for Windows. And the reason that this has worked so well for me is that when I'm doing my show notes, um, I have to post my show notes to a couple different places. I have an app, um, so I have to give my show notes to Libsyn, my media host. And I have to also put it in WordPress. But those two formats are completely incompatible. And so when I do my notes in Markdown, which is a, a coding language that's easy enough for a dummy like me to understand, I can do it all in Markdown and then copy and paste the raw HTML in both my WordPress site and my Libsyn site. And so instead of spending hours and hours and hours on formatting, which I used to do, now it's just done. You know, so that has been such a great tool Huge. for me. And so for people that have to do multiple websites with different kinds of code, I cannot recommend Markdown highly enough. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? This is just, it's a book that's completely opened my eyes to what's going on kind of like internationally. Um, it's not a business book, but it's just, it's been so influential on my life. It's called The Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein. Um, I paid attention in elementary school, through high school, through college. <laughs> and um, I, there's so much about our recent American history that I didn't know about what we do internationally. We tend to, here in this country, know a lot about what happens within our borders, but we don't know what we do around the world. And the shock doctrine exposed this pattern to me that it keeps proving itself to be true in real time. And so um, I know that sounds really cryptic and I can't really get into the details, but it is the best book I've ever read. And again, it's The Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio. So I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Jen, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. <laughs> Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Whew. Well, <laughs> first of all, I would give myself a day to freak out over yeah. that situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then... During days two through seven, I think I would use that $500 to buy a microphone and then start communicating with my new society to identify the problems and then see how we could fix them. I mean, basically, I would do a podcast just like the one I'm doing now because that's really all I started with was a laptop and a couple hundred bucks. So I guess I could I could do that again. Jen, let's end today on fire the same way we started with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, in the words of Dory, just keep swimming. <laughs> You'll get there. And um, the best way to reach me, I, I love Twitter. So at Jen Briney, J-E-N-B-R-I-N-E-Y. And um, you can find my show at congressionaldish.com.
Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with JB and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Jen in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with everything that we've been talking about today. Of course, her website, her podcast will all be linked up there as well. Check her out at Jen Briney and Jen Thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Join me on our upcoming live podcast workshop where I'll teach you how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, answer any questions you have, and give you a special gift. Text PARADISE to 33444 and we'll reserve your spot. Today is your day, Fire Nation. Ignite. Ignite.